It's the Harlan Highway. Oh, yeah, that was my, like, uh, track announcer voice. Pretty cool, huh? No? No. Okay, let's just get going. What am I doing? Hey, everybody, welcome to the Harlan Highway. I'm the host of said highway, Harlan Williams. Thank you for being here. What a Turkish delight. It's just so delightful to have you here, darlings. Uh, great show today. Uh, the Parsley Papers. Oh, my God. You know, the, the, the cutting-edge Parsley Papers where Charles Parsley asked the most direct and uh, provocative questions of anybody in the news uh, industry. Charles Parsley will be talking to Hillary Clinton about her uh, recent loss in the presidential bid to become president and a riveting uh, conversation, uh, the, the Parsley Papers. Also, some uh, crazy news stories. Normally, I just do one crazy news story, but I decided, like, I found three really kind of nutty news stories. So I'm, I'm going to barrage you with a with a few crazy news stories, and then later in the uh, in the show, towards the end, me doing live stand up comedy, kind of an eclectic set. I did kind of an intimate little room down by the ocean in Santa Monica, California. And kind of let the environment play into my set. So, little stand-up treat for you. Hope you enjoy, because this is the Harland Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come here, baby. You're about to go down the Harland Highway. No! No! I didn't bargain for this. Oh, yes, you did. chicka chicka chow, chicka chicka chow, main baby. And the creature from outer Please don't stop. I got a mean ugly face. Magnificent performance. This is the Harlan Highway. I hate you. Well, that's the way it goes. <laughs> what do you say we get down to business? What do you say we start the show with some crazy, crazy news stories? about that crazy hit it Raj crazy news stories the Harland Highway crazy news stories that's weird wow that's strange stuff oh boy yeah we got a, we got a few today man a few crazy news stories for you man um it's been a weird week, I guess. Just people, may, maybe, you know, it was a full moon recently. Maybe people are just a little off. I don't know. Maybe it's Donald Trump fever. Who knows, man? But here we go. Here's the first headline. How about this one? Man gets 22 years in prison after stealing TV remote. <laughs> God, 22 years? If more than two decades in prison seems harsh for stealing a TV remote control, Eric Bramwell probably agrees. The 35-year-old guy from Illinois was handed his fate on Wednesday by a judge named Robert Miller after being found guilty in November for stealing a remote from a Wheaton apartment complex's common area. But based on his past criminal history, authorities in Illinois say it's a well-deserved sentence. Okay, something's not right here, man. Something, either the judge was reading the wrong file or, I mean, are you 30, 22 years for stealing a remote from a common area? 
I mean, I could see if he stole the TV. I could see if he stole the common area. But a remote? No, that that ain't going to fly, man. That's, you know, that's like uh, there's people that do murder. There's people that do rape. There's people that molest children. I could go on and on down the list of horrible crimes that people have done and get way less time. Way less time than stealing a remote. I mean, what was, was this remote made out of gold? Did it belong to uh, the king of Punjabi or something? I think this this could be a, a this could be a, just an error. Either that or the judge was just hung over, man. Just you know, you know, how everyone gets in a bad mood. Everyone has a rough night. Everyone doesn't feel like coming to work. Imagine this poor guy is like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to court. I stole a remote, you know, whatever. You know, I'll probably have to replace the remote or I'll get like a, you know, a $20 fine or something, you know. Cut to a judge who, you know, just had a big fight with his girlfriend the night before. His car got rammed. His Viagra didn't work. He's not feeling well. He's got an ulcer. He's got a migraine. All right, next case. Uh, Your Honor, this gentleman stole a remote control device from a common area in an apartment building. Yeah, well, 22 years hard labor. Send him to North Korea. But before you do, send him to Alcatraz just to get him warmed up. I mean, come on, man. Let's move to the next. Let's move to the next crazy news story, man. Here it is. Guy goes to jail over kitty litter mistaken for meth. Yeah, that's right. A December traffic stop in Texas led to deputies discovering what they thought was nearly half a pound of meth. Houston 24-year-old Ross LeBeau was arrested and spent three days in jail, at which time he was promptly released and the case against him dismissed because a forensic lab showed that the substance in question was not meth, but kitty litter. Can you believe this? I mean, mean, what the hell? It's like, you know, can you imagine the guy shooting shooting the kitty litter? Oh, man, this is some really good shit, man. No, dude, this is like some really good cat shit, dude. I mean, I mean, whoa, I'm so high I could eat a mouse, dude. Yeah, me too, man. You mind if I scratch your curtains for a little bit, man, and maybe like claw your couch cushions, dude? I just, I just, I just go, my nails feel itchy, bro. Yeah, go ahead, man. Do it. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I think I'm gonna uh, think I'm gonna drag my ass across the carpet and then uh, lick myself, bro. Yeah, you mind if I cough up on your carpet, man? I'm so high, I feel like I got a hairball, dude. <laughs> I mean, good lord, what's the? Wha- I I don't need to be a forensic scientist to know what's kitty litter and what's meth. Thank you very much. I mean, kitty litter looks like granola. Looks like pebbles and meth. Look, well, I don't know what meth looks like. I, you know, how would I know? Let's move on to the next story. We got we got some fun ones here. 
Here's one. Man gets a $128 ticket for warming up car. A Michigan man is fuming after he left his car running in a driveway and got a ticket. He says every person warms up their car. We live in Michigan. Taylor, 24, left the car idling unlocked at his girlfriend's house on a frigid morning last week. When he returned a few minutes later, he spied the $128 ticket for leaving the vehicle unattended. Oh, God, are you kidding? You know, that, that's when you get mad at the cops. You know, that, you, know you get mad at the cops for things like Black Lives Matter, you know, cops shooting people unjustifiably, and then stuff like this. You know, we should start a, a, a social movement. Warming up cars matter. Just do a giant march. Everyone holds up a muffler. Warming up cars matter. Warming up cars matter. You know, come on. I've lived in those cold climes, my friends. I, I grew up in Canada. You gots to start your car and you you got to leave your car run. It's not like it warms up like it does in other places. Like you turn your car's heater on and uh, it warms up in about a, you know, 35 45 seconds. No way. When you're in those freezing, frigid way below zero temperatures, I'm not kidding. It can, it can take 5, 6, maybe 10 minutes for your car to get warm inside. Because your engine and the air and everything outside is so bloody freezing that nothing can warm up fast enough. And so for the first, like, four or five minutes of your car, quote, unquote, warming up, it's just blowing the freezing air around. Now you've got a wind chill factor in your car to add to the coldness. And I'm not even joking, man. So they 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 got to let that guy off that ticket, man. Here's another fun story, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up the crazy news stories. Authorities find a fortune hidden under a mattress. So here's the story. You'd think that that much cold, hard cash would make for an uncomfortable night's sleep. A 28-year-old Brazilian man was arrested last week in Boston after authorities found about $20 million hidden in a box spring. The arrest of Rene Rosario is connected to an investigation into Telefree, an alleged pyramid scheme, and authorities say they followed this guy to an apartment where they found the incredible amount of money under a mattress. 20 mil? I mean, that's that's a lot of freaking bills, man. What, what, what was it all like in uh, $100,000 denominations? Is it possible to fit $20 million under a mattress? It feels like that mattress would be like stacked to the roof. And what a dopey place to put it, right? Like as if when thieves break in, they don't ever look under the mattress. That mattress is, uh, what's that green stuff coming up from under that mattress, John? I don't know, man. Who cares? Looks like money, John. Yeah, well, why don't we look around for a safe? Yeah, but I think I think this guy puts his money under his bed, dude. 
No, no, no. That's, that couldn't be possible. I mean, what's under there? $20 million? Come on, let's go look for the safe. So there you go. Some nutty, nutty news stories to kick off the show here today on the Harland Highway. Please go away and leave me alone. Crab apples. Hello, everybody. I'm Charles Parsley, and welcome to the Parsley Papers, the exciting news chat show that dares to take on all comers. Politicians, sports figures, celebrities, and newsworthy people alike. So sit back, get ready to hear the questions that no one dares to ask on the Parsley Papers. And we are here today with Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton, who just came through a very resounding defeat to Donald John Trump. Mrs. Clinton, welcome to the show. I am not going to comment on what I did or did not say. I haven't even asked you a question yet, Mrs. Clinton. I was merely welcoming you to the Parsley Papers. Mm. Let us get right to the questioning, Mrs. Clinton. How do you feel about your crushing loss to Donald J. Trump? That's, you know, not something that uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about. Really? Really? Well then, Mrs. Clinton, after such a pounding in the election and such a crushing defeat, what do you think about? Sex. I'm sorry? Sex. I beg your pardon? Sex. Come again? Sex. That's what I thought you said. It really is great. What's great? Sex. I'm sorry? Sex. Come again? Sex. I beg your pardon? Sex. Did you just say? Sex. That's what I thought you said. Cut it out. Well, you said it, Mrs. Clinton. Sex. There, you just did it again. Sex. And again, but I've got to move on, Hillary Rodham Clinton. How did you feel in the aftermath when the results from the election started coming in and you finally had it register in your own brain that you were going to lose to Donald John Trump? I made, uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know... Are you suggesting that losing the election wasn't your fault, Miss Clinton? And if you are suggesting that, then if not your fault, whose fault was it? Shame on you, Barack Obama. My goodness, are you saying it's President Barack Obama's fault, Madam Secretary, that you lost the election? I think there's plenty of uh, blame to go around. Well, who else or what would you blame for your loss? The American taxpayer and middle-class families. My goodness, you're blaming the American taxpayers. Anyone else you'd like to blame, Mrs. Clinton? There was this eight-year-old girl. You're, you're blaming a child? You are playing with my words and but i am merely repeating what you just said madam secretary let me just state what i feel like you are implying and repudiate it i'm not implying anything i'm merely quoting what you just said the words out of your mouth just seconds ago i think you're trying to say that you know i used to be uh opposed and now i'm in favor and i did it for political reasons and that's just flat wrong wait a minute opposed and in favor of what Mrs. Clinton. Lesbian and gay couples. Uh, Mrs. Clinton, in all due respect, I'm not sure I follow your stream of logical reasoning. 
Before we go here on the Parsley Papers, Mrs. Hillary Rodham Clinton, is there anything you'd like to say to all those who supported you, all those who followed you, and all of those who are heartbroken that you didn't win such a hard-fought and rigorous election campaign? No. All right, then. Is there anything you'd like to say before you close this final chapter of your life? Well, I... I'm here to say sex. I beg your pardon? Sex. Sex it is, and that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank you, Hillary Rodham Clinton, for coming by and chatting with us here today on the Parsley Papers. I'm Charles Parsley. I have moved on. And we'll and see you next. We're all done. See, we're all you know, done. My, my Madam, life and my future. We're yeah. done. That's the end of the interview. Uh, back in the late 90s. Madam Secretary, we're finished now. It's over. You know, life is filled with uh, disappointments. Madam, uh, Madam Secretary, you're, you're all finished now. But everybody does. I believe you're, I, you're done. Cut, cut. I know too so, many well, people finished. having now lived as long as I have. Uh, Madam Secretary, the interview's over. Madam said the interview is over. And moving we're forward. Done. Whether it's a personal okay, cut life the camera. or a national life. I'm Charles Parsley, and these are the Parsley Papers. Sex. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Charles Parsley. Uh, a riveting, riveting interview. I mean, just, you, it doesn't get any more in-depth than it does on the Parsley Papers, does it, ladies and gentlemen? Wow. I mean, I, I feel like I learned so much. Did you? Um, not. Um, I want to uh, switch gears here, and uh, I want to play a little live stand-up comedy uh, for you that I did. Just the other night, I got invited to this show uh, down at Microsoft. They have a facility here in Los Angeles, right down by the by the ocean, down down like Venice Beach area. And I got asked to do a show down there, right by the ocean. And uh, it was a bit of a drive for me to get there, but it was a really fun show, really fun crowd. And uh, these are special tidbits that I usually save for my premium members. And my premium members get a hundred percent of these, but I, you know, I feel like some of you guys don't really get what the premium membership offers outside of the whole backlog of the whole, you know, over 850 shows. Um, what you also get is me doing stand-up comedy, me doing uh, skits, me doing special interviews, blah blah blah. And uh, and so I thought I'd I'd share this uh, this clip that I normally share only with pr premium members, but this is a way to maybe get you guys on board and say, hey, you know that was pretty fun. I'd like to hear more of that. Uh, and this is me live in the moment. Uh, most of this set, uh, as I tell people when I do stand up, it it's very free form. I like to work out. I like to try things. I like to make up stuff on the fly. I like to try stuff that's pre-written in my head. Whatever. So the, the first, like, I'd say 10, 15 minutes of this set is just totally made up on the spot. And uh, it, it was fun. It was a bit of hit and miss. But I, I think more importantly, I'd just like to uh, let you guys in on the process and let you kind of, you know, figure out for yourself if you think it's funny or not. But at least you get to hear raw, unplanned, unwritten stand-up comedy happening as it unfolds, as it cracks out of the eggshell right on stage. So here it is, uh, yours truly. Uh, this is about a 15-minute clip or so, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And for those of you that aren't premium members, 
and you enjoy it, join up. 20 bucks a year, and uh, you can hear more of this all through the year. So, yeah, roll it, Roger. Please put your hands together. A warm, warm round of applause for Harlan Williams. Boy, it's great to be doing stand-up down by the water again. Uh, I don't get a chance to, to do comedy by the ocean. Uh, just the smell of salt in the air, gang. Uh, the scent of uh, sea urchin clit. Uh, you know, uh, sand dollar twat. Just in the air. And the ocean is probably one of the most therapeutic uh, places in the world. It's very calming, don't you find? Is it, did anyone lay by the ocean today? Just take their shirt off and lay in the rain and get pneumonia? I was, because uh, the ocean's real close to the hospital, and so I laid out for just about two hours. I laid out for about two hours. And the calming, soothing rhythm of the ocean, it makes everything okay. Just, it makes everything okay. Like, many of you probably wake up in the morning and go to Starbucks and grab a Chante, Frole, Mon Chuchula, or a Coco, Kakrakra, Kakrikra, or some North American Indian elixir. And I just laid by the ocean, and, and I'm just... I, if I can try and recreate the sound, if this uh, crowd in this underground zombie bunker will indulge me. <laughs> just laying there, uh, and I was just like, screw it, nobody's here, I, I'll be on, look, I was laying there naked. I was laying there naked on the, uh, wasn't completely naked because a seagull landed on my package. <laughs> and thought it was an elongated egg and sat on my, my wiener and tried to hatch my cock while I laid on the sand. But it didn't work, but just the sound of the other. And as you know, there's some apartment buildings just off the pack, uh, one over there. And uh, I think one of them, guy, yeah, you've seen them, you've got that architectural look in your eye. One of them's about, I think it's about a 15, 20 storyer. Uh, and I don't even know if that's a word, but... And, uh, and I was laying there, and all I could hear was... Isn't that soothing? And I guess we had what we call, in, at the, you know... We had a jumper! <laughs> That's what the gang down at the Suicide Hotline Center, when someone's so despondent and can't get their head around starting a whole new year, and is faced with all their uh, deficiencies and their challenges, they turn into what me and my friends down at the Suicide Hotline Center call a jumper. <laughs> Sir, if you could laugh from the other stuff. Uh, and so I'm laying naked on the beach with a seagull on my cock. And I'm just like...
And just you knowing that someone jumped to their death and didn't even phase me. I, I laid there tanning under the toxic acid rain clouds of Santa Monica Harbor. A syringe up the asshole of the seagull on my car. And I realized that the ocean is a different animal. Wouldn't you agree? You're a nature guy, right? I realize that in nature, in real nature, you can you can take elements of nature and survive, right? You ever been lost in the wilderness and you get two sticks and you rub them together and they create friction and eventually you get smoke and where there's smoke, there's a fire. You know that Match.com Junior. <laughs> and so to test the ocean and see what it was all about. I grabbed a sea otter, and they're on the endangered species list, I know it. I get it, gang. Aren't we all, though? We're just a little planet floating in this vast universe. We're all on the endangered species list, so fuck that little furball. And just to see what the ocean offered in terms of friction and fire, I grabbed, I grabbed a sea otter pup, not even a full-grown one, and I grabbed a handful of kelp, just raw kelp, right off the shore, and I rubbed them together as quickly as I could. Not even a, not even a faint whiff of a spark or smoke. And I rubbed this little thing, just rubbed it. I, I, when rubbing turns to grinding, and grinding turns to killing, I killed the baby sea otter pup just to test the theory to see if I could create friction with aquatic entities to start a fire to save my life should my clothes blow away while I'm laying on the ground with a seagull on my cock. <laughs> okay, let's change topic. Uh, going with me there. Uh, if you could look away, I don't like your eyes. Uh, um, I noticed we're, uh, let's not, uh, you know, let's not hide the elephant man in the room, gang. Uh, you know, it's obvious that we're at a, a high-tech facility. Uh, Microsoft's logo is, uh, omnipresent. It's surrounding us uh, like we were a, a, a felled hornet on the ground and the uh, fire ants are surrounding us, huh gang? tap into tech, right? I better tap into tech. I like the sound of that. Tap into tech. That might be a good password for your internet. Ma'am, if you could leave, I don't like your presence. <laughs> uh, well, I really didn't like her energy. I'm glad she got up and left. I stepped on the whole ocean thing I did at the beginning. But, uh, where I'm going with this is, uh, let me uh, throw it out here, tech time. Anybody have a drone? Anybody got a drone? Do you have a drone? I just bought one for my dad. You just bought one for your dad, see? I had a feeling I'd tap into that here. <laughs> and can I ask how much it was, or is that way too over the line? It was expensive, right? Yeah, it was like 
500. Well, that's cheap. See, I got a drone. 2,000 bucks. Oh, you went to the wrong place. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for making me feel worse. Uh, but uh, I caved in. I became a droner. 2,000 bucks for my drone. Uh, finally, some uh, video footage of the roof of my house. <laughs> I love these drone guys, right? The drone nerds, right? They're so happy and they're just in their bed. They're like, eeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
Has anyone ever told you you have a raspberry turnover face? Well, welcome to 2017. I, uh, I noticed it's a full moon tonight. I don't know if any of you have a, a view through the uh, skylight. Do you see the skylight up above? Anybody? Can you see the full moon? It feels like you're in an orphanage and you're a, a little child. <laughs> Waiting for the fat nice, my, night nurse to come and beat you with a pottery barn candlestick. But this damn Martin Luther King Jr. But I thought to myself, why, why do werewolves only come out when it's a full moon? Why do we have the... Or an ambulance in the distance? Why don't we have half-moon werewolves, huh? Why don't we have them lurking around when there's a half-moon? Why don't we have werewolves that don't fully articulate? And they're just like, <laughs> Okay, I guess I'll move on. Uh, but what I feel about this crowd is that everyone in this, in this crowd has a family. We all come from families. How many in your family, little fella? What was that? Why, what's with that in this fucking part? I didn't say I approved of your family. That's an okay signal. You should have just gone like that. You're saying my family's okay, and I've never met them, so why didn't you go like, like that? Uh, but I went on Ancestry.com to find out more about my family. I got curious, huh? You ever do that, Pepper Jack Willie? <laughs> I went on Ancestry.com to find, to dig deeper. I wanted to know if uh, you know I was related to anybody uh, in a foreign country, anybody uh, of a di different ethnicity, anyone in Valley Village. <laughs> and uh, I get on Ancestry.com, and what a disturbing uh, experience! It, it's it's very uh, it's very uh, unnerving because you go deep, right? You go. Have you done it, guy? Has anyone in this room done it? And did you, what'd you find out? Can I ask, friend? Denmark. A lot of Denmark. A lot of Denmark. Wow, and you didn't know? Not at all. Not at all. Maybe this weekend, uh, celebrate at Ikea? <laughs> Buy yourself a brand new schnitterkeplarken. <laughs> But it's scary because you don't know what you're going to dig up, right? Uh, where's Waldo Jr.? I get on, on uh, Ancestry.com and right out of the gate blew my mind. I had no clue. Turns out my grandmother uh, is my dad. <laughs> and then I went way back. How far back did you go? How many generations? 
300 years. I went even further. I like tripled that. My great, 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 great grandfather, uh, a sea cucumber. <laughs> Turns out my mother uh, from Zaire, my father from Brazil, my passport now says that I'm from Brazier. No? Let me get striked that one. Uh, did you send in your DNA? You can send in your DNA. Did you do it? No, not yet. Don't do it, man. I sent my DNA, and turns out I'm the hillside strangler. I shot Kennedy in 63. What the fuck? Yeah, that's true. I really did. Some guy over there was like, oh, like I shot Kennedy. I would have been one year old. <laughs> one year old even raise a fucking rifle, would have, would have shot a ceiling fan even before they were invented. Well, folks, this has been a real blast. I gotta get down to the beach and uh, scrub the uh, arse hairs off a uh, octopus. But uh, please enjoy the rest of the show. You've been TNT Dynamite all the way to the back of the Batcave. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, there you go, a, a little sampling. And some of you might be going, well, I, I don't get it. I don't, you know. It, 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 it's one of those things, too, where you're there and you're in the room and you're feeling the crowd and a lot of expression and a lot of, a lot of my comedy is enacted through my face and my body language. And so for some of those moments where you're like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following, and you hear people laughing regardless, it's, it's visual. Stand-up comedy is a very visual medium as well, so, so some of those nuances might be missed in the audio, but I, I thought there was enough here, enough uh, verbal stuff that, uh, you know, you might get some laughs out of it. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as I said, if you want to hear more, please join up with our uh, premium package, only $20 a year. And that's like going to like what you got right there is like, you know, you'd pay 10, 15 bucks, 20 bucks just to go in and see that comedy show. And I'm going to be bringing you like those little comedy shows all through the year for free on your premium package for 20 bucks. Not to mention bonus interviews, bonus uh, segments, bonus podcasts, bonus, I mean, all the, the whole archived 850 episodes of the Harland. I mean, you get a lot for $20, okay? So I hope you join and it helps our cause out here a little bit. And we put it back towards the podcast and... Uh, it's all cool. So thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll leave it right there. And uh, by the way, if you want to see me do stand-up comedy live, if you don't want just the audio experience, uh, check me out uh, tonight in West Palm Beach, Florida at the Improv. Oh, what a great club. What a great city, West Palm Beach, Florida. I will be, uh, I'll be there starting tonight, January 19th through Sunday, January 22nd, the West Palm Beach Improv. And then the following weekend, I'm back to the West Coast in Tacoma, Washington. Hello. Yeah, Tacoma, Washington. And uh, I'll be doing shows at the Tacoma Comedy Club up there, which is uh, a great club I hear. It's going to be my first time there. And uh, I am stoked, baby, stoked. So go to my website, harlanwilliams.com. You can look up all these comedy dates 
on the Stand Up Tour link. Get your tickets. And uh, I look forward to seeing y'all there. Um, also, don't forget, uh, while you're at the website, go to our store, the uh, HarlandWilliams.com uh, merch store. We have all kinds of fun T-shirts, movies, DVDs, CDs, digital downloads, all kinds of great stuff. Um, and um, you can write to me at HarlandWilliams.com. Uh, there is a contact link. I might read your letter on the air. Or you can leave me a phone message, 323-739-4330. 323-739-4330 is the cell number. Please uh, please, uh, please, get in there and uh, lay me a phone call, playa. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's all we got for right now. Uh, hope you're doing good. Hope your new year is off to a good start. And uh, thanks for being here. We'll catch you next time. And until then, chicken chow mein, baby. I think you're trying to say that, you know, I used to be uh, opposed and now I'm in favor and I did it for political reasons. And that's just flat wrongs.